Welcome to the Wellness Journey podcast from the St. John Vianney Center. I'm Dr. Mariette Danilo, and I'm grateful for the opportunity to journey with you through these challenging times and to hopefully provide you with information that will help sustain you. Our podcasts are aimed at keeping you healthy in mind, body, and spirit. This is podcast two. Today I want to talk about chronic stress and the body. Let's review for a minute. What exactly is chronic stress? Well, in large part, it's the everyday stressors in your environment over time over which you believe or perceive that you have little to no control. In other words, you believe that outcomes will be outside of your control or influence. We can create our own stressors by our thoughts. If we worry or ruminate, or perhaps fear something that might happen. Also, how we choose to frame our thoughts matters a great deal. Our mind can paint an inaccurate picture of things if we're not careful. And this will create stress for our bodies. Some examples of chronic stress are the relentless personal worries we have and relentless incoming information from our environments. Those constant assaults from the news, agitated people, and from our devices. We're worrying about the election, the world at large, the economy. We're worrying about numerous things. And now, center stage, COVID-19. These are all stressors that just don't let up. If we were driving in our car and a deer jumped out in front of us, we would swerve to avoid hitting it. Our body would experience a rush of adrenaline and a physiological fight or flight response. After pulling to the side of the road, we would begin to calm down and our physiological reaction would return to baseline. Chronic stress is dangerous because, guess what? It doesn't get back to baseline. The body remains in a hypervigilant state for long periods of time. So what happens as a result? Our bodies may begin experiencing damaging chemical and hormonal reactions. For example, too much of the hormone cortisol triggers increases in blood sugar and changes in metabolism. Cortisol contributes to weight gain and the accumulation of belly fat, which is especially lethal because it surrounds and impacts the health of vital organs in the core of the body. Chronic stress also decreases brain activity, which increases vulnerability to depression, anxiety, impulsiveness, and ultimately illness. The good news is that we can take action by learning how to manage stress. Researchers have learned that the way we perceive stress is very important in determining how we handle it. If we have confidence in our ability to deal with it, then we'll be all the better for it. So, chronic stress, unmanaged, affects the body in numerous ways. Let's summarize. 
It raises blood pressure and blood sugar. It compromises the immune system, weakening the immune response. It increases the risk of heart attack or stroke. It speeds up the aging process. It creates sleep disturbances, obesity, depression, anxiety, and compromises brain function. Now, you may remember from our last podcast, I said that we wanted to focus on boosting your immune system. Why? Given all we've just talked about, coupled with the isolation some of you may be experiencing due to social distancing, we are concerned that this COVID-19 crisis is the perfect storm. What are some telltale signs or symptoms of chronic stress? You or your brothers and sisters may feel tired, never really rested. You may feel argumentative over minor things, have difficulty concentrating or focusing, be lacking in patience or tolerance for the imperfections of others, unable to feel relaxed, maybe lose interest in socializing. You may be feeling irritable, becoming absent-minded, experiencing sleep disturbances, maybe too much sleep or too little sporadic sleep, experiencing changes in eating habits. You may be eating too much or too little, experiencing unexplained anxiety, rumination, obsessive thoughts, and more. If you feel overwhelmed or believe you've experienced an anxiety or a panic attack, please reach out for professional help. Don't hesitate. Last time I looked, I didn't have a cape or a bat phone. We're all human. And these feelings are all normal. But sometimes they reach a point where they can paralyze us and we can struggle with functioning. So don't be afraid to reach out for help. And also, keep an eye on your brothers and sisters. Don't be afraid to say something if you see someone struggling. This is not a time to mind your own business. Okay, now for some good news. Although you cannot make this situation disappear, there is much you can do to control how you respond to this stress. You can learn ways of managing this. So here are some practical tips for you. Let's start with healthy eating. Let me say first and foremost, a warning about sugar. Sorry. Sugar fuels tumors and creates havoc in your body. So try as best you can to curtail your use of sugar and be sure to look for sugar in the ingredients list in anything you buy because it's everywhere. Check with your doctor about how much sugar you can have each day, especially if you're pre-diabetic or diabetic. Try to eat lean meats and try to eat green leafy vegetables. You want green leafy salads, red lettuce salads, bib salad. There are a variety of wonderful lettuces that you can use and cruciferous vegetables such as broccoli and cauliflower. Try to get all the colors of the rainbow when you eat. Reds, purples, yellow, 
oranges, and you can be sure that nature will take care of you. Try to eat at least five servings of these a day, but if you're diabetic, go, go easy on the fruit. Stay away from fruit juices because without the fiber from that fruit, you're drinking sugar. It's true what they say about keeping the doctor away with an apple and a healthy diet. Try to incorporate more fish in your diet because that's really important for getting your omega-3s. DHA is considered brain food and it reduces inflammation in the body as well as heart disease risk. If you don't like fish, there are other sources, such as flax seeds, chia seeds, winter squash, and guess what? Green leafies like spinach, broccoli rabe, and kale. Limit your caffeine. If you really can't live without coffee or caffeinated beverages, at least try to mix decaf and full calf until you can begin to withdraw from it. Caffeine is very disruptive to your sleep and again, creates havoc in your body as well as, as when we get older, we're more sensitive to this. And try to limit or eliminate your use of alcohol. It suppresses the immune system and messes with our sleep cycles. But again, check with your doctor. Oh, a nice glass of red wine in the evening might not be such a bad thing, but it depends on the individual and um, what his physician's advice would be on that. Stay hydrated. Drink water. Some people mistake thirst for hunger. And try to find a method that will help you incorporate more vitamins and minerals into your diet. So if you could, eat things that will give you all your necessary nutrients, especially vitamin D and vitamin C. But if you cannot get as much into your diet as possible, take a doctor-recommended supplement. But don't rely on supplements. The jury is still out on how effective they are. Food is always better. We need vitamin D for our immune systems. When our mothers told us to go outside and get some fresh air and sunshine, she was right. So if we go out into the sun for 10 minutes without sunblock, 10 minutes without sunblock, <laughs> you're going to be getting enough vitamin D probably for the day. But do not go out longer than 10 minutes without sunblock because of skin cancer risk. So be careful with that. So go through your nutrient list and try to find ways of incorporating them into your diet. Okay, let's talk about movement. The body needs to move. According to the latest research, sedentary is the new smoking. It's that toxic. But before beginning a significant change to your routine, do check with your doctor first. The new brain research is telling us that there are more advantages to exercise than we knew ever before for cardiovascular and brain health. It boosts your mood and lessens symptoms of anxiety and depression, and it helps you sleep better too. You don't have to be an elite athlete. The Centers for Disease Control recommend 150 minutes a week of cardio. 
and that can be a goal. Remember, 10 minutes is better than nothing. 20 minutes is better than 10 minutes. Just start with putting on your sneakers. We know that short intervals of exercise could be just as good as going 45 minutes to an hour. Maybe a brisk walk in the morning and again after dinner. But if you can, try interval training where you do short bursts of exercise. You rest and then you do another. Look into it. Those are very beneficial and they don't take a lot of time. Walking is easy and it's usually the go-to exercise, but any movement is going to help. Gardening, using the stairs, running, swimming, and more. In addition to cardio is weight training. Great for the brain, gaining strength, weight loss, or maintenance. You could do this with common household objects if you're still housebound. You can start with a half gallon of milk. Maybe you could work yourself up to a gallon. Hey, but don't forget to make sure the lids are still secured on that milk before you start lifting them. Or maybe some small cans. You can lift those cans and work yourself up to larger cans. There are all sorts of objects around the house you can use if you don't own real weights. You can, learn, you can uh, learn to do leaning in, lunges, and stretches against the walls in your house. And there are all sorts of apps and instructional programs available online or on TV that help beginners with cardiovascular exercise and weight training. Consider Pilates, which was initially developed as a solution for helping wounded war veterans who were confined to bed grow in strength and heal. Pilates is a wonderful solution during this time, but again, check with your doctor before you engage. Where there's a will, there's a way. Anyway, try to find out more about ways you can move your body. If you take care of your body, it will take care of you. Are you still with me? Just a few more things to say that I think are very important. I want to go over some do's and don'ts for sleep. I was talking to my husband this morning, uh, okay, I was lecturing my husband this morning about how important sleep is because he works very hard. He tends to equate sleep with something that's self-indulgent or frivolous, something that is pampering him. And really, sleep is just as important as nutrition and exercise. So we need to stop thinking about sleep as self-indulgence. The Centers for Disease Control recommend at least seven hours a night. Try not to drink a few hours before bedtime so that you won't need extra trips to the bathroom. Keep the room dark, no light. Light disrupts the sleep cycle. During particular levels of sleep, the body repairs itself, something vital for your health. The body actually engages in tissue repair. Use your bedroom for sleep only, not work if possible. Do not keep any devices near you in the room as, believe it or not, they can serve as a distraction 
and they put you in a state of hypervigilance rather than relaxation. As long as those devices, your computer, your iPhone, are near you, your body believes that anything could interrupt or assault you at any moment, whether it's true or not, even if they're turned off. Your body won't be relaxed around those devices, so please keep them outside the room or put them someplace where you can't see them. Do not listen to anything stimulating on TV or get your news from the internet right before bed. And don't nap during the day. If you must nap, keep it down to a power nap, no more than 30 minutes. When you wake up in the morning, stay up. Avoid large meals before bedtime. Those of you with GERD or indigestion, prone to indigestion, will suffer for that. If you have your meal too close to bedtime, you don't want to do that. Avoid drinking alcohol or exercising just before bedtime, too. And my own advice to you would be to develop a soothing ritual before bedtime. When we were children, we all had a regular ritual before bedtime. Maybe there'd be a bath, a story, prayers, and there'd be this period of unwinding and relaxation before we went to bed that would help us sleep. So you need to develop your own ritual, something that works for you. Perhaps a cup of chamomile tea or some warm milk will help. You might practice breathing or relaxation exercises before bedtime. You get the idea. And try to go to bed about the same time every night. And listen, don't answer your phone. Avoid those conversations that may agitate you or create fear. Most things can wait until the next day. Before we close, I just wanted to give you a few other quick tips that help your mind help your body. Get engaged with a mental challenge, a hobby, or a new endeavor like painting. Clean out that closet. Organize that file cabinet. Try to do things that have a beginning, middle, and end. Believe it or not, it helps me to do laundry. You'll feel more mastery this way. This is a very interesting time. And as all things with God, there's always something to glean from it. So you need to ask yourself, what is God asking of us? during this time? How can I be during this time? Teresa Blazer said, the value of a life does not depend upon the place we occupy. It depends upon the way we occupy that place. Even though isolation is intrinsically unhealthy, solitude is not a bad thing. Solitude can be good. What opportunities does this offer you? Is there someone you haven't called in a while? Reach out to your brothers and sisters, your family and friends. Writing, reading, planning some future event, imagining. There are so many things in which we could be engaged now that we really wouldn't have had time for otherwise. 
Keep a sense of humor about things that are worthy of laughter because laughter boosts the immune system. Don't feel guilty about feeling joy. We're surrounded by some real serious problems, but that doesn't mean that there isn't room for the lighter side of life. Stay away from the gloom and doom movies or the TV shows that are dark. Gravitate toward whatever is uplifting for you. Keep looking and walking toward the light. Well, thank you for your patience with me today. And that's, that's it for today. In our next podcast, we will talk about chronic stress and the mind. The mind plays a tremendous role in steering the ship and determining how you navigate through this crisis and where you lead others. I hope today's topic, Chronic Stress and the Body, proves useful to you. You can find all our podcasts and get additional information and resources for clergy and religious by visiting our website at sjbcenter.org. You've been listening to the Wellness Journey Podcast. We are the St. John Vianney Center, and our mission is you.